Hey, and welcome to the Joey Miller podcast. Thanks for tuning in with us today. Uh, it is going to be an exciting day. Like, get ready, get ready, get ready, as TD Jake says, because I have the privilege and honor of talking to one of the most amazing women of God, a queen in her own right, a real talk, Kim. Pastor Kim Jones is joining us today. Pastor Kim, if you don't know her, which I don't know, you must be under a rock if you don't know her. Um, she is pastor of Limitless Church in Atlanta, Georgia. She is author of many amazing books, one of which is a new release that we're going to talk about today. She is a, a mom. She's an entrepreneur. She's just a mentor. She does it all. So we're so excited to have you today. Real Talk Kim, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. I am so honored to be here, Pastor Joy. I'm telling you something, man. You are special to my heart. So I'm so honored to be here. And I love your podcast. <laughs> so podcast fun. is amazing. So, so fun. And uh, I'm just excited to have you on here. I shared with you a little bit before we launched into the podcast. Like, you are truly killing it. Like, you're living the message. We're going to dive into... Um, talking a little bit about your new book and your your new book, You Gotta Get Up. I always say get back up, but that's not, I always get the title wrong. Uh, you gotta get up. Um, you know, you embody that message of not getting stuck and continuing to recreate and evolve um, into becoming, right? Like Colossians yes. says, uh, more and more like Jesus in the best version of who he's created you to be. And I'm telling you, I sit in awe all the time of uh, the platform and the places God has taken you and is going to continue to take you. I mean, I know you just celebrated a big birthday. Uh, yeah. Not this past year. You had one just recently. Happy birthday, by the way. But but I think was last year was your 50th. Yes, 50 years old. And I I mean, you're aging backwards. Like life is just uh, so. You know what? Joy, people tell me all the time, they're like, man, Pastor Kim, you're aging backwards. And I'm like, no, this is what healing looks like. Uh, so like good. really, you know, we we talk about, I mean, you can preach and still be wounded. You can walk through. People don't even know how the stuff I was walking through because I just praised my way through it. Yeah. But I remember, and I, and I want to go back here. I know this is your podcast, but I feel like this is so important for people to hear this because uh, I came to see you, what, three years ago? I can't be in church to L got to yeah. speak to amazing women. And I had just literally walked through a major, was that right after my daddy had died? Yeah, not too long after. Yeah. yeah. It, it was like, I came to you, met you for the first time, me and Mimi. And I got to spend that weekend with you and the beautiful L, you know, L women ministry and champion church with your beautiful family. And that, that season, that, that weekend really shifted me. Like I was, I was preaching all over the world. Um, I'm pastoring, was just took over my dad's church and was pastoring for a year. And you, that weekend, I don't even think you even realized it, but you were like my divine appointment. Wow. Uh, you, you literally gave me, I guess I was ready. And man, you talked, you taught me how to uh, lose weight in 30 days. I mean, it was like, you don't even know this, but like, you know how many challenges I have created uh, of you could do anything for 30 days. You could do anything for 30 days. I'm talking, girl, people are losing weight, getting their lives back. I mean, you literally taught me how to do it that weekend. Wow. 
And I went home, lost 32 pounds the next month after being with you. And you just motivated me. You spoke and and in this book, you got to get up that we're going to talk about today. In this book, I'm talking about you got to put people around you, man, that ignite a fire in you, people that speak your language and you spoke my language. And that started something, man. It really started a healing process because healing starts in your health. Amen. You can't, you can't just walk through life healing, healing of everything from your past. When you begin to really heal, you see it manifest in all different areas of your life. So just here publicly on your joy, uh, joy podcast, I want to just say thank you. Thank you for being that voice in my life that catapulted me. I ended up losing 55 pounds and I kept it all. Now I'm in the gym getting muscles. It's like each year I go to another level and you were the catapult, you catapulted me in that season. So thank you for that. I praise God. It was an honor. And I knew God was in our uh, meeting. And our family. Our family. (laughs) We are family. And uh, so, so good. And you're so right. You know, we're going to talk about that, like healing process. And um, you can tell somebody, even the the repercussions of sin, you could tell when somebody's living a life of sin because they almost wear it. Um, on them. And so, I did. yeah. And, and so the more whole we are, you know, it, it's vibrant and it carries joy and peace and radiates and you are truly radiant. So contagious, um, yeah, amazing. So well, let's dive into your new book, which is absolutely amazing. If you haven't gotten it yet, uh, go to Real Talk Kim's site or you can get it on Amazon or pretty much anywhere. Is that right, Pastor Kim? Yes, it is Our everywhere. Book. It is anywhere books are sold, books a million, wherever you go. If they don't have the book, you can get it. They'll order it. It's on Amazon. I even did an audio version where I went into the studio and read it. You get that on Amazon. Just put in, you got to get up Real Talk Kim audio or Real Talk Kim book. So I was actually sharing with you, I was listening to the audio and I mean, just like the Holy Spirit moving through the book, some books, you know, you just read and you get through and you, I mean, it is just so powerful. Like me like crying as I'm listening to uh, just you minister through that book. So make sure you check it out. But the whole message of you got to get up, I feel like you and I resonate because even though maybe our stories are different, there is that um, spirit of tenacity uh, within us that has realized that through Jesus Christ, no matter what life has sent your way, maybe no matter what life you've created on your own, that there is a moment where you have to make a decision to keep getting back up. You know, it's like the proverb where it says a righteous man falls and gets up, keeps on getting back up. Um, You know, and so uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about that, about your story, and then about a message for any woman from any walk of life. You know, we all go through different things that knock us on our butt whether it's divorce, whether it's sickness, whether it's bad decisions, sin, maybe life in general is just kind of felt, you know, like, like we're stuck, we can't get out of some things. And so um, talk to me a little bit about uh, this book, what, what brought you to this point to finally uh, write uh, this particular book on this particular topic? You know, um, Joy, I was raised a preacher's kid. And so um, I just thought you shout your way out, you uh, uh, you, you just say your way out, you, uh, cry your way out. 
uh, and in in the last probably, I mean, I've written Beautifully Broken. I wrote Beautifully Whole. Then I wrote When Your Bad Meets Is Good, Shut Hell Up. But this book's personal because I really, in the last probably five years of my life, really stopped just preaching about something and I really started walking in it. Now, I've always walked in. Uh, I just never had the option of giving up. Like giving up was just not my portion. I had two kids that needed me. Uh, I was the only one in my family that got divorced. Nobody could walk me through how divorce looked because nobody had been divorced. And would I still be married after, I mean, 18 year marriage ended. And I mean, to my son's father that I deeply loved, I love this man. I'm a loyalist. I will, I am the ride or die till the wheels fall off. Um, and I find, I found myself a few, a couple of times at this road of, oh my gosh, how, why is this happening to me? Why am I here again? Uh, why, why was I raised in church? And I, I, I'm, I'm speaking the promises of God over my life, but I'm not walking it. I found myself asking these questions and, uh, about 45, 46, 47 years old, I'm already in ministry, uh, preaching on some of the biggest platforms in the world, uh, but still finding myself uh, not breaking out of this cycle. And I began to, especially when the pandemic hit, was when 41 of my events canceled. Uh, I got stuck at home. Uh, I had to face Kim for real. Like, you're going to be in the house with you and your dog you know, and you're going to have to really get to the bottom of Kim because you decided I want to get to the bottom of Kim. I want to, I want to take a deep look inside. I'm ready to live victorious. I'm ready to be the first millionaire in my family. I'm ready to be the first billionaire in my family. I'm the, I'm ready to walk this thing out and never go back. I never want to go back to depression. I never want to go back to these cycles. I want to get completely free. And that's what I did. My daddy died um, during this pandemic and uh, I remember laying over my father and this is how this book came about. I'm laying over my father and I'm like, God, you're really not going to take my dad. Like I, I preach all over the world. I've watched people with MS walk up to me with their legs bent and pray and they get healed. And I've allowed the whole world to watch this dementia journey with my dad. Cause I knew you were going to heal my daddy mm -hmm. and you're going to let him die right now. Like he's dying right now on this bed, gasping for breath. And you're, you're really going to let him, I'm having this conversation with God. And all of a sudden I leaned over to, and I said, why couldn't you just take my ex? <laughs> he doesn't even want to be here. Like he, he's, he's trying to kill himself. He's trying to kill his life with alcohol or, you know, just that selfishness. And at that very moment, I remember the Lord dropping in my spirit. Your daddy's ready. Mm. But your ex is, I still got to give him a chance. Wow. And I remember at that moment, something shifting. And when my daddy died that night, next day was Sunday morning. And I remember thinking, I can't get up and preach, man. I'm devastated. And I literally heard the Lord say, mourn and move. Wow. You've always gotten stuck at pretending you're okay. But this time you're going to praise your way really out. And you're going to see that I'm a God, that I'm faithful. And that now you're carrying the legacy of your father. And there's a transference. And that's how this book came about. This book came about because I watched my mama get up after that. I watched my mama. My daddy's dying and my mama's leaning over. My daddy saying, baby, serving you for the last 52 years was the greatest assignment of my life. And then I watched Mimi go write a book a month later called Sleeping with a Stranger. Talking about my daddy. 
I'm watching this woman at 74, 75, 76, take her life, live her life, live her best life. I'm watching me walk through all of this stuff. So much stuff hit me, but I kept getting back up again. And I kept hearing over the last three years, ain't nobody coming to get you. That's you so got to get up. Yeah. And please your way out of this. You walk through hell, you come out on fire. You carry buckets out of hell so that you can disperse it on thousands and thousands of people that don't know Jesus. You're going to help make heaven crowded because you made it through something that should have killed you. That's how this book came about. This book came about because quitting ain't an option. I love it. I love it. And you know, Pastor Kim, I love what you said because it all starts with that decision. If we're going to stay down or if we're going to take personal responsibility, you talk about this a lot in the book, which is so key um, to it, because that moment where you realize nobody's coming to save me, um, that I, no one's coming to make me better. No one's talk, you know, therapists are amazing, you know, whatever. But no, it's a decision that comes from me to say, you know what, I am ready to get back up. I am ready to be whole. I am ready to keep on uh, going and not let life define me and these labels come on me. And so uh, you talk a little bit about the man and I want to visit this for a minute because it's so powerful, if you don't mind, at the pool of Bethesda and just the decision that he had to make. And I love, um, you know, how you opened up that scripture in a whole new light of what this man might've been thinking and things that he might've been going through, but you know, how can we relate to the women that are watching this and listening that might feel um, stuck? They might feel like they have the opportunity to wear that label of victim. Um, you know, what would you say to them? You know, I did it. I laid, I laid at the pool of Bethesda. The reason I relate so much to the story of the man in the pool of, at the pool of Bethesda, Mark five is because this man, we see this man laying at that pool for 38 years. I laid at a my life pool for 36 years, 37, 38, being a victim in my own story, really probably liking the attention that broken was getting me because I wasn't getting healed. And this man laid at that pool of Bethesda and it says that there were there were there were five porches and all these people, like-minded people, were laying around this pool. I mean, broken, depressed, shattered. How many times do we wake up in the middle of a disaster, in the middle of tra a tragedy? Uh, your spouse died three years ago and you wake up one day and like, oh my God, for three years I have lost life because I wouldn't get up. Or, oh my God, when my husband walked out with my best friend. I mean, she stole my entire life. And ever since then, I haven't been able to find my way. I'm watching a girl right now on social media that her husband walked out on her three years ago. And she, for three years, has been on social media crying about her ex divorcing her. Where is it at that point that we're like that man at Pool of Bethesda waiting for somebody to come get us? And we've become a victim in our own story. And you are, you are so validated to feel mad. You're validated to feel broken. But that man laid there for 38 years waiting for somebody to come put him in the pool. I don't know about y'all, but I, I I was at that pool of Bethesda, but I, I crawled. I, I rolled whatever I needed to do, but I still couldn't get in that water because my spirit, my head, my brain kept going back in those cycles of you ain't never going to recover. If nobody, nobody's coming to save you, so you got to do it yourself. You got to just make it happen. If you don't do it, nobody's going to do it, Kim. I was in the flesh trying to make things happen. And wow. that man at the pool of Bethesda met Jesus one day and he said, do you want to get well? And 
And the man answered and said, I want to get well, but I ain't got nobody to put me in the pool. And I can hear God in his thuggish self, boy, bye. I have given you everything you need on the inside. That's what he's saying to all of y'all watching today. I've given you all grace. I've given you all the power. I've given you everything you need before you were ever even formed in your mother's womb. I knew you were going to be here. I knew you were going to be facing bankruptcy. I knew you were going to be facing this health challenge. I knew that you were going to have to feel, find the, the wherewithal to start all over again after that divorce or after that spouse died. And I've put everything you need on the inside of you to get up and not just get up. Up, but take back everything the devil has stolen and require seven times greater, require restitution. And that day in scripture, we hear as that man got up and God didn't tell him just to get up. He said, when you get up, clean your room, clean your room, go pick up that mat, go pick up all that residue of your past and take it, get up and walk, take your mat and walk. Not man, why would God tell that man to take his mat up and walk? Because it's so easy. It's so easy to go back to what's familiar. It's yeah. so easy to keep giving CPR, CPR to dead situations. It's so easy to try to stabilize what God's trying to take, uh, set you free from. It's so easy to want to keep giving medicine to people that like to be sick. It's so easy for us women, especially because we're nurturers, to feel like we got to do it all. But we got to be like that man at the pool of Bethesda after 38 years. Y'all, it never said his limb grew out. It never said his wither grew. It just said he got up and walked. That means something happened to that man in his life that made him feel like, I can't do it, so I'm just going to lay here. So today on this podcast, what label have you been living? What season of tragedy has become a part of your destiny? And you've got to get up today and take your mat and walk because as long as you got a pulse, God's got a plan. That's right. That's so good. And I love what you said, just that, you know, the narrative that we believe, it's like a cycle to us, the way that we look at our situation and, you know, your life might be, you know, justified. You could very well be the Come victim. On, boy. You know, and and that could be the narrative, but it, but you have the pen with Jesus Christ uh, to take back every narrative, to to restart, to redirect what that looks like. And I think that Pastor Kim, once people realize, like I'm not stuck in this cycle through through the gospel message, through choosing come on joy. that wellness, that sozo, that complete healing that that we see here in that scripture in mark five was not only spiritually it was emotionally it was it was an all-encompassing healing and when you go through trauma when you go through loss um and trauma is described i mean it could be something horribly and tragic or it you know trauma is having a child like anything that disrupts your life and you feel like oh, you know it's just traumatic. Uh, you know, if you if you choose to stay in that place, there are there are things that happen in our soul when we go through changes in life, when we go through different things. And if we're not careful, we can lose some of that wholeness and get caught in a narrative that we are the victim. And the enemy is so crafty because sometimes he uses narratives that like are never going to happen that are so far in left field. But the most powerful narratives are when he takes real life situations and tries to throw them in your face and keep you bound to those things. Like some of us are like, oh my gosh, what if my husband would ever leave me? And we're stuck in that narrative. But some of us have had to walk through that. Like some of us, our husbands have left us. And yeah. so 
So it's deciding if you're going to let that narrative define you or if you're going to make that inner decision. And, mm. and I love what you said, because nothing can change until you make that decision to change. And so um, we see that. And Jesus was right there all along. Uh, he wasn't the the Jesus that was, I mean, and he is, he counts our tears. He he knows all those things, but he was like, like you said, like you, you have a decision to make in this moment and yeah. your healing doesn't start. Your healing isn't activated until you make a decision to walk in that wholeness. It is completely yeah. available to you. And you've rewritten like your whole story, your whole narrative. <laughs> um, you make the devil pay every minute yeah. of every day. And, and let's talk about that. And you talk about it a little bit in the book about, um, I'm going to paraphrase for you, it, not putting a period where God wants to put a comma basically in your story, yeah. to, you know, um, the and factor, like and God. So yeah. uh, talk to us a little bit and speak that hope over us today for that part of our story. You know, Joy, I really felt like when you were just talking that God is healing someone right now that um, you just had a baby and you are in the stage of what is it called joy after the baby comes and you get depressed? Yeah. Uh, postpartum. Postpartum depression. Could not think of the name, but the Holy Spirit just told me God is healing someone watching this today that you feel guilty because you prayed for this baby for so long and now you are in postpartum depression. You cannot figure out what it is and you're feeling the guilt, but you're also feeling the, the emotions wow. of it's really happening. And I don't know what is why it's happening, but now I'm depressed and I don't know how to get myself out of here, out of this. And I want to pray over you right now that God is healing you, that God is healing you. It is a real thing. Uh, postpartum depression is real. A lot of us have walked through it, but here's what I'm telling you. You are feeling like that you're never going to get out of this. You literally are feeling like I've got all these kids now. I just had a new baby. I have nothing to be depressed about, but I can't get out of this. And so suicidal thoughts have even come to your mind. And I bind that in the name of Jesus. You are necessary. This is a season, not a sentence. You're going to come out of this thing and you are going to be healed. The devil is playing in your play yard right now because of the power that you possess. You are walking into a new season, a new chapter. You and your spouse are walking in because it's even put some conflict even in your relationship because you literally have withdrawn and you feel like you are incapable of even being a mother or a wife. But I bind that spirit of death off of you in the name of Jesus. And you are healed and walking in your healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So good. Yeah, I love what you said. It's a season, not a sentence. It's not a, it's a season. And I felt it so strong when you were talking, Joy, about just how the enemy will take a circumstance that you're in and he will manipulate it. And he'll make you feel like there's no way out. And he messes with us women, Joy, because uh, we can literally birth life out of our bodies. We can literally birth the next prophet, the next president. We can birth the next millionaire. We can birth the next boss that's going to change the trajectory of our entire family. But then he also gets in our emotions and starts making us feel like we're crippled or we're weak or we're not good enough or we're not strong enough or we just fall apart and we start believing the lies of the enemy. The, the enemy cannot take you out, ladies but he wears you out. 
And he usually does it through our emotions. We all have them. We go through, we go through cycles. Then we go through uh premenopausal and we go through postpartum depression. Then we go through menopause. Women were always in the state of something emotional. This is why we got to stay at the feet of Jesus so that he can help us through these seasons because we are necessary. We women are necessary. Women, we are so strong. We can change the atmosphere and the temperature of our homes. We can literally shift our husbands. We can shift our families. We can push them to breakthroughs and not breakdowns. And so we got to see that because the enemy fights us in our emotions and we can't let him win. I love that. Even what you were speaking, just that courage and that boldness of what, what we are called to do and what we are destined to do as women. I mean, that in and of itself changes the whole narrative of feeling stuck. And I say a big amen to those thoughts and cycles, especially, you know, I remember being at home with my kids for like eight hours a day by myself, raising these kids. And all the time, it's like a playground. Our thoughts is women just racing, like in all of the thoughts that come and, and just really shifting that and saying, no, in Jesus name. And we're going to talk about, you know, the practical side of equipping those thoughts. Um, you talk about it in your book. So I want to get to that. Um, but before we do, you know, I, I want you to speak into, um, of course, one of the huge areas of our life in, in keeping our peace and getting back up is setting boundaries and chapter six in your book, you talk about boundaries, creating boundaries, because the truth is if we're continuing to let people uh, in our space that are shoving us down, that's not really a healthy place for our hearts to heal either. So um, of course you are like the queen of boundaries and setting boundaries. So I'd love for you to take a couple minutes and speak to us about that as we're as we're choosing a new narrative for our life. How important is it to set the right boundaries? You know, the one thing that I've really discovered is I think a lot of times we ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And so because we are Christians, we think that we have to tolerate uh, toxic behavior. And just because I'm healed doesn't mean that I still have to cohabitate, you know, still hang out with people that uh, are definitely not going where I'm going. I look at people like rocket boosters, like I'm the rocket. Then there's rocket boosters, which are my friends and rocket boosters are built for rockets to help them get to a certain altitude. And then they're designed to fall off. That's the same thing with life. Sometimes God allows people into your life to help you get to certain levels, but then you grow and y'all opposite, y'all go in opposite directions. And it's okay to say, you're not going where I'm going. Like every time I'm around you, you make me feel like I am losing my ever-loving mind. You bring chaos and confusion into my life. God is not a God of chaos and confusion. People always ask me, how do you know when someone's season in your life is up? And I'm not talking about marriage. You have to fight like hell for your marriages. Y'all need to go get therapy. But as far as friends and boyfriends or girlfriends that you have not said I do to and made a commitment with yet, when when you start feeling toxic or you start feeling uh, chaos and confusion, it could be that you are elevating and you are growing and they're not growing with you. 
And at that point, it is okay to take certain people that you have in your VIP section for years and say, I love you, but I love you from the balcony. I love you from up there. You're not going to have the same access to me. I was talking about that on my prayer call this morning. It is okay to say no. It is okay. No is a complete sentence. This is a season where we got to take care of our spirits, our souls. The, the, the Bible says in Proverbs 3 to guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. The problem is we as women get so busy nurturing and taking care of our families that when boundaries are necessary, we don't put them there. Yeah. Because we want to, we want everybody to love us. We want to help everybody. Women, we have a need to be needed. We are nurturers. We want to, that's why you see some women that are just incredible women, but they keep getting these projects. They keep dating these people that are projects. They keep, you're like, why is every person that comes in your life an alcoholic? Why is every person that come into your life? They don't know how to have no, no get up and go, no drive. It's because this person is attracting what they are and not what they want. They have that spirit of, I need to be needed. And so you need to make sure that this year, you're in the last quarter of this year, that you're taking inventory and deciding what do I want to go into 2024 and what do I want to stay in 2023? Because the way you lead this year is the way you're going to enter next year. It is okay for you to change friends. That's it cool. is okay for you to send a box lunch to the table next door and not let them sit with you. Yeah. It is okay to love them from the balcony and boundaries are necessary because if we are not careful, we will walk through life bleeding on people that didn't cut us because we will not put the proper boundaries in place. The pain may not be your fault, but the healing is your responsibility. Okay. And if you don't learn how to heal and you don't learn how to put boundaries up. You will keep repeating the same relationships with different faces boundaries are necessary. And in every season you should stop. We do inventory in retail stores. Why do we do inventory in retail stores and send back the old goods? Because you don't take the old fashion into 2024. That's the same thing with your friends. When you're going to another level, if you ain't careful, you'll take people with you that are on your boat. They're rowing with one hand and drilling with the next. You outgrow people just like you outgrow clothes. And that is okay. That's so good. And you're so right. You can't become the best version of yourself with other people, you know, attached to you. Now, one of the questions that comes up often uh, when I talk about boundaries, and I would love to hear your perspective, is family and boundaries. Yeah. Um, pick your friends. Sometimes you can't pick your family. Um, what advice would you have for someone that's listening that is like, you know what, like my uh, sister is toxic or my mother is toxic or my mother-in-law just creates these issues in our relationship. Uh, how would you create a boundary in that particular situation? You know, I have a family member that is bound and determined to everybody's going to hell but her. And I already know that she's going to combat every single story I say of the Bible. She's going to find something wrong with it, but she's my family. And since I already know she's this way, I just let it roll right off my back. And I think, I don't think necessarily like there's some people, some, your mama, every time she calls you, she tells you, ain't nobody going to ever love you. Your big old five finger forehead, your sister's so beautiful. And you are, you know, there's some toxic moms, some toxic dads in those cases, you do need to limit your time, but they're still your parent, you know, they're still your parent and you have to, I, girl, I pray about everything. You hear me like me and Mimi has not had me and my mother have not always had the greatest relationship. 
Which is because you guys are like two peas in a pod. Well, we thought, when I tell you, I couldn't stand her. Something about daughters anyway, with their mothers. You know, it's like, I'm a daddy's girl and you're his wife. It's something so stupid that women just always are like this. But me and Mimi did not have a great relationship. And you know what Mimi did? Mimi prayed. Mimi prayed for probably three or four years avidly every day that her daughter would find God, find peace, and we would build a relationship. And we did in the last six years when I started writing books, all of my books Mimi's involved in, all five books Mimi's been involved in. And in those books is when me and Mimi started having communication. We started talking. We got closer. So there's sometimes that you need to take a break from even your family. Sometimes you need to tell your family, family, I'm on a self-awareness journey. I'm trying to find me. And truthfully, mom, you're kind of negative. Like every time I talk to you, I feel really bad about myself when I'm done. And you can say it in love so that mom can maybe take that 30 days that you're taking a break. I'm only going to talk to you for five seconds. I'm going to make sure you're fine. I'm going to say, hey, mama, how you doing? I love you. Okay, bye. We're not going to sit on the out, out for an hour and you tell me how terrible my life is. Like I'm going to take 30 days. I think it's in the delivery. Yeah. it's in the delivery and a lot of times people mamas don't even know daddies don't even know they're so toxic your sister she's a maybe a meanest person on the planet but maybe it's just because hurt people hurt people healed people heal people I think we fight differently for our family's joy I think we, we fight differently you can't just throw your family away when you are a God type person, you pray, you fast, but I definitely believe at times you have to put distance there so you can heal. And yeah. when you're grown, you're a whole grown up now, you know, they're your parent, but they're not your leader anymore. Yeah. And so I think you stop. Oh, my mom is such a, uh, stop letting your mom be that. You know how your mom is. Stop taking it. Stop letting it, t- taking it personal. You know, your mom's critical. So every time you talk to her, make sure you're not letting her get in your spirit. I know how she is, so I'm not going to even listen to it. Blah, 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 blah. But I'm still going to love her. That's so good. And I love what you said that like, even as your mom was praying for you until you were the wholest version of yourself, that full, fullness of that rela- relationship couldn't be what God created it to be. And so, you know, what more to fight for that, to keep getting back up, to keep becoming the wholest version of yourself, because God wants to bring and restore even those relationships yes. to life that, that he wants to be a blessing to you that maybe for years have felt like a burden God wants to bring that restorative power uh, back into it. How cool is it that instead of us walking around acting like, oh, my parents are this, my, that we could be the generational curse breaker of that depression that runs our family or that mental illness that runs our family. Your mama and daddy are not just evil because they want to be evil. There's something that's happened to them in their life that's made them ugly. Nobody is mean on just because they like to be mean. Right. Yeah. Something that's happened to them. How cool would it be that you would stop being petty about stuff and become pure and blessed and holy and become the generational curse breaker and bring the healing into your family because you get so sold out to God and healed that nothing penetrates your peace. Amen. That's so good. And I think, you know, whenever we allow the work of the Holy Spirit to do that, Pastor Kim, like there's almost like a spiritual amnesia that hits everybody involved. Yeah. Like you can't even think of the bad. Like all you remember is blessing and good and a good relationship. And so when you work with the Holy Spirit, not only does he heal you, but but he actually makes you forget uh, the bad. There's no ramifications. You know, you might have, have gone through a difficult season, but you're not wearing that as a part of you. Man. Anymore. And well, so- me and my kids are kind of 
an example of that. You know, when my kids were little, all they saw was this mama that partied and the, the, their lullabies at night were me and their father yelling and screaming. They saw a lot of toxicity growing up in their years that were very important to them. And I walked through a divorce at what? They were seven and nine. And they watched their mom, y'all, go from being toxic. I wasn't even a good mom because I was so broken and bleeding on everybody. And now they get to watch their mom. They don't remember the old mom. They are so in love with their mom. They're third, uh, 29 and seven, 27 now. They worked under my ministry. They are, they got great relationships. They are wonderful men to their women. They love well. And now they call their mama blessed because I decided to get up, got up instead of staying in the mess I created. And now- Look at that. I mean, and imagine if you would get stuck in that, like if you would get stuck in, oh, I wasn't this or, you know, you would completely miss out on like, they're not remembering it. So like, why are you remembering it? And then recreating that, like God did such a restorative power. Like the only thing that they'll remember is like the amazing godly woman <laughs> that you are, but we choose to stay stuck in that. We, we choose to let that cripple us and hold us back. It's just so powerful. It really, really is. Pastor Kim, God is so good and so faithful and just your decision to work with him and and to keep on. It shows you that truly. Yeah. Joy. I chose to work with him. You got to choose to work with him. Got to choose. Got to surrender. You got to let go. You got to let go of the anger. You got to forgive yourself. You got to forgive everybody that's ever wronged you. And you will watch God do the Amos 9.13 anointing in your life. That scripture says it won't be long now. God's decrease that things are going to happen so fast. Your head is about to spend blessing upon blessing. You won't be able to keep up. It's real. It's real, Pastor Joy. It's real. He says, as long as you got a pulse, I got a plan. And you're living proof of that. And yeah. so that's, that's so encouraging just to watch. I, it truly feels like your church is called Limitless Church. It <laughs> truly feels like your life is limitless because of Jesus Christ. And um, so good. So um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I want you to just speak on um, some keys, some really practical elements of getting back up when you don't feel like it. Maybe the top three. I know you list some uh, in the book uh, that are really important, but if you had to say the top three things that once you make a decision that you need to implement quickly in your life, what would that be? Be intentional. You want to quit smoking? Don't smoke for 30 days. You want to lose weight? You can do anything for 30 days. This is something that me and Joy really implemented. She don't even know it. You can do anything for 30 days. Y'all, you can lose 30 pounds in 30 days. All you got to do is tell yourself for 30 days, I ain't got to have no creamer in my coffee. We're just going to drink black coffee and we're going to do it because in 30 days, I'm going to lose some weight and I'm going to feel so much better about myself. But after 30 days, I can have my creamer again. It's telling, psyching yourself out. It's looking at those cycles in your life and saying for 30 days, I'm not going to talk to him. For 30 days, I'm not going to do this. For 30 days, I'm going to go to the gym every day, even when I don't want to. So 
So the first step is making a decision and being intentional. Commitment. I want my marriage to be saved for 30 days. I'm going to get in that bed with him at night. I'm going to touch his feet. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, uh, wash his clothes. I'm going to cook supper every day for 30 days. I'm going to change for 30 days. I can do anything. I promise you in 30 days, your life will look completely different. I'm talking, you won't even recognize your life when you make a commitment. So the first step is making a commitment, looking at what keeps driving you back to the old you and breaking those cycles in 30 days. Number two, stop bleeding on people that didn't cut you. You have to be intentional that you're not making your husband pay for what your ex did to you. Making sure that before you spout off in emotions, are you, are you act like your old self? This is me, take it or leave it. Instead, you pause, give yourself a timeout. 30 days, y'all, we're looking at 30 days still. Give yourself a pause, say, I'm not gonna say things. I'm not gonna make permanent decisions on temporary emotions. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to rethink some things every day. You're writing down things that you're letting go of because you're going to stop bleeding on people that didn't cut you. And the third thing you got to do is keep getting back up again. You get up. If you fall and you go back to the old way that day and you feel bad, don't you feel bad for a second? You got three seconds. When something happens in your life that you don't like, somebody says something ugly to you, or you fall into a, a place that you thought you were delivered from, you got three seconds to get your butt back up, get up. And change your thinking. Immediately start thanking God. Immediately start thinking about going to the grocery store. Think get your mind off of what that thing is that's trying to guilt you to stay. you got to literally get back up again every time you fall and start doing it quickly. Stop laying there saying, I'm going to give myself 24 hours. No, nah, get up. Keep getting back up again. Even if you feel like a turtle stuck in peanut butter, get back up again. Even if you got to pull your big old thick thigh, pull it. Get you a friend that's your accountability partner that won't let you stay down. Stop hanging out with these people that keep enabling you in your dysfunction. Stop hanging out with people that keep telling you, girl, I knew he was a loser before you ever married him. Stop hanging around with people that are critical. Stop talking about your life. Stop asking for constructive criticism from people that ain't never constructed nothing. Stop so, needing validation from people that ain't valid. Validation is for parking tickets. And get up one more time. You're going to fall, but keep getting back up again. I love it. and commitment. I love it. I love it. So practical. Now, what is it that you tell yourself? What does a Real Talk Kim pep talk look like when you feel like you're going down roads that maybe, you know, because I mean, let's be honest, we all have days we wake up and yeah. we have opportunity to get stuck or to to be the victim or to say, I just want to pull the, the covers over my head and everyone leave me alone today. What does that look like when you tell yourself uh, to get back up? Girl, I am the queen of laying hands on myself for starters. You hear me? I will literally look in that mirror and be thinking something or I will, I will uh, look at a situation or, or somebody will be in my presence and I'll be like, ooh, and I'll be like, wait, you loved them two minutes ago. Why not? You don't like them. And I realized that that's the devil. The devil is trying to still kill and destroy and he can't do it. I will go, come out. <laughs> Joy. I'll go, ah, I'll lay hands on my tongue. Girl, get your mind together. Cause I realized that joy is a spirit. Yeah. yeah. Joy is a spirit. It never goes away. You could be walking through hell and have joy. So what you see right here is 24 seven. I'm happy all the time. When I, when I find myself taking a dip, I literally will praise my way out of it. Now I help myself too, Joy. I go get pellets. 
for my hormones because I'm 51. <laughs> I realized that about, about, about 48, 49, you start getting a little cuckoo because you're a woman. You start going through premenopausal. I hate y'all the pellet. I put that stamp of approval on it. It makes you, it don't give you no hot flashes. You got, you got a sweet spirit. You happy. It keeps your levels good. It's healthy. Yeah. So I but, do- and speaking of that, like some of it's just like, oh, wait a second. This happens every third week of the month. Like, oh, okay. I understand now what's going on. Right. Just but like when your body. Yeah. So I just, I, I'm not hard on myself. You know, uh, like sometimes I'm just really tired because I'm I'm one of the hardest workers on the planet. I go, 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 go. I just love life. I love my purpose. But ever so often my body's tired and I have to be okay with just saying, you know what, Kim, sleep till 10. Yeah. It's okay. Stop being hard on yourself because you had a bad day. Tomorrow you're going to have a better day. Yeah. That's so good. So, so good. I love all that self-talk and just really, you know, it's spiritual. It's not just like a leadership principle. Talk to yourself. You know, it, it really starts with, because what it truly is, it's your spirit, man, overriding uh, what you feel. So it's not just a leadership TED talk, you know, speak nice to yourself. It's so a good joy of overriding uh, what you feel with your spirit. Because the Bible says that life and death are in the power of your words. Yeah. And so sure. I tell my inner circle this all the time, monitor your mouth. Mm-hmm. Because your mouth brings life or death. Okay. Don't say what you see. Speak the word of God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans that bless you and not harm you, give you a future and a hope. So every time you feel like you see in doom and gloom, you prophesy that scripture. Amen. Amen. Well, it has been so amazing to have you on the podcast. Uh, we could talk to you for hours and you I are so busy. So, um, but I do want uh, everyone who's listening or watching this, of course, now you're just going to want to run to get the book. If you don't already have it, grab it up. You got to get up. Um, love it so much. Like I said, I'm like crying as it's ministering to me even. So appreciate that so much. And would you please bless us and say a prayer over all everyone who's watching or listening uh, to this podcast, Pastor Kim? Oh, Father, I just thank you for your love. I thank you for your presence. And I thank you that when people have walked out of our lives, you've walked in. Lord, I pray an extra special prayer over Pastor Joy, God, and this whole podcast, the Joy Miller podcast. I pray that you put extra favor on this thing. Lord, I thank you for who she is in my life. I thank you for who she is as a mom. She's such an example for all of us out there of how to be a mama of a big family, how to be a wife of an incredible man, how to lead a church so beautifully with her husband. Lord, I just thank you that you are bringing friends like her into everybody's life. That God, you would make all of us watching this today, you would make us good friends. You would make us great wives. You would make us great mamas. Lord, because you created us, you created us to do it all and to do it all with grace, to do it all with softness, to do it all with a good heart. So Lord, I pray right now over every family that you are blessed 
lesson is I cancel every plot, every plan, and every scheme that the enemy has devised against us or our family members. It won't work. Devil, we serve an eviction notice to you today that you can't touch nothing that's connected to us. You are under our feet. You are a joke. You are a liar. You are the only fool that ever got kicked out of heaven. So we send you back to your quarantine spot in hell. You cannot tamper with our peace, our joy. You can't tamper with our money. You can't tamper with our health. We are healed from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. Now, Father, lastly, I thank you that you are equipping us as daughters of you to be examples of your greatness and your glory. Let us walk in our purposes uh, uh, unauthentically. Uh, un, uh, uh, Allow us to lead uh, beautifully and with grace. Lord, today I pray an awakening on the inside of each one of us to carry out the calling on our lives that you've created us to carry. Thank you, Lord, for trusting us with the trials and the tribulations that have made us who we are. Now, Lord, I thank you today as we go forth in confidence, boldness, beauty, and flawsomeness. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. So good, so good. Well, I love you so much. Thanks for blessing us and giving us your time today. And I hope to connect with you soon. If you're watching today, uh, share this podcast with somebody who needs to hear it. And we'll talk to you soon on the Joey Miller Podcast.